about Justin shut, trying to shut us down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the week I started. That was the week I started. A beaver and I have some beef. Um, <laughs> no. Got another episode of Chats with Max. We got my co-host, Kim Rose, over here. We got some Kim Rose originals here in the background. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is our first podcast since we've been in quarantine. I know we've been taking a bit of a break here. But I swear we're going to serve you up some good old content. We got an awesome guest coming on today. Kim, what's kind of an update of how quarantine's been going for you? Oh, I mean, we've been doing all right. We have technology. We've been staying connected. Why don't Uh, you talk about last month with your art sales? Crazy stuff. Well, um, to be totally honest, I think maybe just because people were sitting in their homes and then just looking and thinking, how can I renovate this? So actually, sales have been up astronomically for me, which I've been very blessed for. So we've been doing good trying to find ways to, you know, give back and stay plugged into the community, which has been awesome. So we did some charity fundraisers, which were awesome. And people were just awesome and around that. The big thing I want to hit on with that is how fast did your limited series sell out? Talk about oh, that a little bit. Less than two seconds. It was... I mean, crazy, especially during quarantine. People are shopping online. They got that stimulus check and they're blowing it. <laughs> Anyways, though, we got an awesome guest on. We got Ali Stagnita from Hollywood Life. She's an on-air reporter, a news writer. She's garnered millions of views on her various YouTube videos. She looked up to Ryan Seacrest ever since she was a little girl, and she is gunning for his job. Ali, it's nice to have you on the show. Guys, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be talking with you both. It's such a long time coming, so I'm happy that we made it happen and to be your first quarantined guest. Yeah, thank you for starting that up with me. Um, so the way I found Allie is I, if you guys have followed the podcast, I had Mike Malak on a while back Mm. and this is all pre impulsive. And then they started their podcast. It's blown up. They had Allie on. I was watching Allie's videos here and there. She was covering a lot of YouTubers and social stars. So that's how I first found her videos. And then we followed each other on Instagram. I I forget how that happened, but, uh, I just been keeping up with her work and she does some awesome stuff over at Hollywood life. And we're going to dig a little bit into her backstory today. So, Allie, Thank you. Yes. I, uh, you know, I, I did want to ask you something before we get into the full on interview with the style of news that Hollywood Life covers. Would you say you guys hit the social side a little bit more than uh, normal entertainment outlets? The kind of social influencer side of things. Exactly. Yeah, because I feel like I see a lot of those videos do super well on your guys' YouTube channel. Yeah, I think that Hollywood life um, in particular has been really at the forefront of realizing that these social influencers are influencers and that's who our young audience, our millennial audience wants to emulate and wants to follow. And so we're going to kind of, we were one of the first to tap into that and to start to deliver that news about these people that really nobody had talked about before, but that have millions and millions and millions of followers. Why was nobody talking about them? Because they didn't find them to be real celebrities. They might not be celebrities, but they're influencers. And as influencers, they have influence, which means they give us views and people want to know about them. That's what I'm saying. It's like they have these huge audiences that no one's been tapping into and people are searching for their stuff. So it's like, why hasn't old school Hollywood been covering it? But at least you guys are kind of pioneering that in my eyes. Yeah. Well, I have a bone to pick with Logan Paul right now because he went on Entertainment Tonight the other day and I was like, excuse me, 
What happened? To a good old, what happened to good old Hollywood life and your friend Allie over here? So so yeah, I gotta gotta talk to him. Are they your nemesises? Are they your enemies? <laughs> Who uh, entertain tonight? No, you just just gotta come. Like gotta gotta you know he's gotta stick with his homies. Me. I agree. <laughs> there is no loyalty. I gave here. him. I gave him. I gave him the you know the news coverage first. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah, and, and not only that, but I'm pretty sure he did the interview with Chris Harrison's wife or girlfriend or who. Yeah, think, Lauren Zima. Yeah, exactly. So that's another fun fact rude, about rude, that. Rude. Let's dive a little bit into your backstory because I'm sure people want to find out how you kind of got in with Logan Paul and that whole crew. Um, <laughs> Ali. Going back to the beginning, I mean, what was your childhood like and what did you look up to as a little girl, uh, you know, once you were creating these dreams to be a reporter and a talent? Yeah. Um, so it's funny. I my my parents are lacrosse coaches. Um, and so I come from a very athletic background and I completely rejected it. Um, and I was like Barbies and hair things and fashion and makeup and all of this. And when you know, I think I was third, fourth grade. I, we, my family moved to New Jersey from Southern Virginia. And so when we moved to New Jersey, I completely equated that with New York City and was like, I want to go on Broadway. I want to be an actress. I want to be a star. And my parents were like, no, like here's a lacrosse stick and you can play lacrosse. And so I kind of decided, and that was the time of American Idol and Ryan and Juliana on E and doing mm. red carpets and and I like just, low key a golden age of entertainment. It, it was it was completely and it's it's what made me fall in love with it and fall in love with this kind of celebrity Hollywood glam. And so truly, what happened was and it was such a superficial, young, immature belief. But I was I thought, well, if I can't be famous, then I'm gonna talk to them and I'm going to interview them and I'm going to be next to them. And that was truly where, where it came from. And then I actually realized when I got into high school, I was like, wait, I, I do, I want to be a journalist and, and I want to write. And I always loved writing and I loved telling stories. And I always had such an interest in people and why people do the things that they do. And so I kind of followed that and, and I went to, um, I wrote for the school newspaper and I, and I wrote for um, the town newspaper. And then I ended up doing like TV production and stuff in high school. But I went to college at George Washington University, um, which is a very, you know, political education. But I kind of thought, well, if I get this kind of politicized education, it'll everything's kind of political, especially Hollywood. You come to learn. Um, and so I... Yeah, that, that's where I got my education. And, and through that, I learned that even more so I love to tell people's stories and, and find out, you know, the, the why behind everyone's actions. And so that's how I kind of knew that I, I loved this and this was the right thing for me to do because I was truly finding answers to the question, so many questions that I have. I was so curious. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, I feel like a lot of us, we see you as a talented presenter now, but it sounds like you were more, at first, a hardcore writer. Yeah, I, so it's it's interesting. Um, when I was coming up in school, I was pretty much told you, to be in news, you have to be a one-man show. Like, you have to work the camera, you have to write your scripts, you have to edit, you have to carry everything yourself. And so truly, that's what I did in my classes at GW. And, and I'm so grateful for them. 
is I would go around DC and I would have my camera and I would have my stuff and I would set it up and I'd do my reporting and then I'd bring it back. And that, you know, was all for my broadcast class. And then I had an editing class and I had an HTML class to learn to build my own website. Wow. And so that's kind of, I, I wanted to be able to do a little bit of everything because you really don't know it. And, and I'm sure Max, you can speak to this. You don't know how you're going to get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. So whether it was be as, as a PA and you got to know how to work the camera or it's, you know, as a writer's assistant, you got to kind of know how to do it all. Yeah. I had a really oh I was just gonna say that's incredible that you got taught that uh so young because I feel like that's a very forward way of thinking because back in the day it used to be like it was like jack of all trade master of none people mm-hmm. were afraid to kind of try everything but now because of technology things are so easy everything's on your MacBook it's almost right. like if you don't know your way around everything, what are you doing? You kind of have to know at least the foundations of all these things, which is so cool that you got to be able to do that. And also, I think it's fun because then you can spark, see, ooh, like, what's interesting to me? What do I like? Right. What do you like? What do you want to do? And yeah. yeah. And and I always wanted to be on camera. That was something that I that was always interested me. But also, I understood too. It's a really hard industry to get into, and it's really you know that one in a million. And so I kind of I never, even though I really wanted it, I was also like, sorry, my brother is literally walking by. Oh, I was gonna say, um, the hottie in the back. What's back. up? He's, <laughs> he's about to go. For anyone who's just listening, there's like a shirtless male in her background right now. <laughs> My brother has walked through many interviews these past few days shirtless, I will say. He's probably uh, trying to wave. He's like, what's up? (laughs) He says he's sorry. Um, But yeah, no, when I, um, you know, gosh, what was he even saying? Um, Oh, I always always wanted to be on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, And so I always had that backup plan of, you know, I can, but I can write and I'll work for a magazine or I'll do something. I'll work my way up. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can really relate to that because I remember when I was first, I was in school out here and I was trying to message anyone in my family or extended relatives. I knew anyone in entertainment and I found myself on the Sony lot talking to a assistant to uh, a big person at Happy Madison, Adam Sandler's production company. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how hard hard it is to get into the industry. And she described it almost like trying to get over a wall of a castle, you know, like just to try to find any way in at first and then branch out from there. And I feel like it couldn't be uh, any more truthful than that. Yes. Um, My story, how I got um, on working at Hollywood life is a little different and I, (laughs) um, it's interesting. I, so I started as the assistant to the editor in chief. I started about, um, three days after graduation. And I, and I, my, I remember my dad saying to me all senior year, when are you going to get a job? When are you going to get a job? When are you going to do it? And I was like, well, when they hire you, they want you to start like three days later. So I'm, I, you know, I'm not, really looking yet. And by the time I was looking, there really wasn't anything available in journalism. Um, so I decided that I was going to maybe just go into PR. I had kind of given it up. Um, I had also kind of given it up because I had gotten rejected in internships the three years prior. The worst. Um, Especially if you're unpaid. You're like, really? <laughs> right. And And they were rejected. Well, so essentially my dream had obviously always been e-news. That was the goal. And I had gotten rejected three times for internships at E and I made it to the final round. 
in the last time and I didn't get it. And so I was just like, this isn't for me. I threw up my hands that my junior year and I was like, nope. Um, and every summer I had a great internship. My first internship was assistant to Jessica Alba, um, and her stylist. And then my next year was working at C magazine out in Santa Monica. And I absolutely loved it and learned so much, but it was those rejections that really had set me back and, and made me decide maybe I didn't want to be in this industry anymore. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to go into PR and it's fine. I'm going to do beauty PR. Um, and I got in two jobs at, at a PR company and I saw something on LinkedIn for an editorial coordinator at Hollywood Life. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'll apply to it. And the guy, the HR guy was like, this is an assistant position. And I was like, fine. And he was like, and you're going to be doing personal things and you're going to be doing, you know, work things, but it's going to be a lot of, you know, it's for Bonnie Fuller and Bonnie Fuller is the creator of the tabloid essentially in the United States. I mean, she's this, the term stars. They're just like us. She created, um, she, you know, ran us magazine. She ran star in touch life and style for years. Um, I mean, she's a trailblazer and she is tough. And so she, I met with her and got hired as her assistant. And I went into Hollywood life as her assistant. Um, the day I started the, I had no idea that Hollywood life had a video channel. Um, the day I started the video girl left and went to CNN. And later that week, Bonnie came up to me and was like, I don't know if you're ever interested in this, but do you want to go on camera? Wow. Then, I know. That, so crazy. So fast. Is literally so fast. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? And she was like, do you, like, I feel like you might be, it was so nonchalant. I feel like you might be good at this. Mm-hmm. I, like, it wasn't even like she saw my resume, you know, it had nothing yeah. to do with that. She didn't know that, I, you know, she was just like, I feel like you like, you're pretty, uh, <laughs> you know, you have a good smile. Like, that's kind of how it works sometimes. And I was yeah. like, Okay. And so I was working truly like 8.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. for her. And then I would stay after and I was still commuting to New Jersey, to and from New Jersey um, to the city. And I would stay after and practice. And then the day that Kanye West dropped his famous music video was the first day I went on camera. She texted me and she said, put on a nice shirt. You're going on camera. Wow. And I went and and that video has, I think, over like 5.4 million views. Wow. And I had like no makeup on. (laughs) (laughs) But that is how it happened. So I don't know. My advice to people is always to say yes to everything. That's, Mm -hmm. you know. Never keep pushing. I feel like that speaks a lot, though, to your – because I feel like everyone that's at least tried – in like the industry, you know what I'm saying, has gotten a lot of rejection and has been shut down a lot. So the fact that you were still like, I'm just going to keep like plugging forward in whatever direction I'm trying to go into. And then things just happen. I feel like that's a cool story. And and then how fast that happened too. congratulations. That's insane. It was crazy. Yeah. What we're about uh, three years later, right? Yeah, I'm coming up on my fourth anniversary at Hollywood Life, four-year anniversary next month, um, June. I think it's like June 3rd. Uh, so, I'm, yeah, it's crazy. And and I started, when I started on camera, I was just doing the Daily Bieber. Um, and <laughs> oh, I heard my some beat. controversy about that, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, th- about Justin sh- trying to shut us down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the week I started. That was the week I started. Who's trying to Justin shut you guys and down? I. Yeah, yeah, why don't you tell that story, Allie? 
Beaver, yeah, Beaver and I have some beef. Um, no, <laughs> girl, you got beef uh, with everybody. <laughs> yeah, Beaver and I have some beef. Um, no, Justin, it, I, I don't even know what happened because I literally just started, and but but I apparently something had been written that he didn't like. Maybe something about him going to church. Like this, I don't know. And he started posting like trolling us on Instagram, posting this meme that he made that was just like shut down Hollywood life. And his fans came for us. Like, uh, I mean, luckily I wasn't so involved that I didn't have to handle it. Whereas now as involved as I, I would be on that. But um, all I know is that he, it went on for, for probably a few weeks. <laughs> I mean, with people like him, they have a literal army. They it's crazy. Army. Especially with Justin Bieber, I feel like 12-year-old girls are probably one of the most loyal followers. Oh, and like, yeah. he probably has got a lot of those, so they would... And, and he knew what he was <laughs> do doing anything. by doing that, too. He's like, I'm just going to get my whole army to hit you. He's like, release... Do them. my dirty work for me. Right, exactly. I I will say, too, my, um, I've had some armies come after me, namely... Um, Nicki Minaj's fans and Cardi B's fans when Cardi and Nicki were having drama with each other and like every time I would really report very centered on them both would come for me and I was like wait like I wasn't re- I was just being like central like, but they wanted me on telling their, the story. they wanted me on like one of their sides and I was like uh uh-uh, uh and they would just come for me but wow. you know We've, we've, we've made amends since. And that's the thing. I feel like in this industry, you're always going to have haters. So I was going to ask you how you deal with those haters. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, it's hard. Like I had a situation um, back in October where I was accused of being racist. And that was like the w- hardest thing for me because like, I take that very seriously because I am very much not and and very cognizant of my platform and and the the words that come out of my mouth and so dealing with things like that is is definitely very difficult because I don't like attacks on my character when it's dealing with you know armies and and fan bases I kind of can just shut off the comments and be like they're loyal fans and I understand being loyal to something and you know Mm-hmm. things like that. But for that other stuff, it, it is really difficult and it's hard to not let it get in your head. Um, especially when I first started, I, I would always read the comments and I will say YouTube, people on YouTube are like meaner than people on Aggressive. any other platform because they are, because they're young. I think it's because the, the median age is younger. But TikTok um, is young as well. And I feel like they're yeah. overall a more uplifting. I don't know what it is about YouTube though. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's to- it's completely been that way, like from the beginning when I started. And so I used to read every single comment. And then one day, I think my dad was just like, stop. Like I, you know, I was getting dragged for like my mascara and like weird stuff. And that, you know, one day my parents were like, you're driving yourself crazy. Stop reading the comments. Who cares? Not everyone's going to like you. Just like move on. That's like, so okay. hard, especially when you were starting, though, for example, because yeah. it's like you want to look for constructive criticism. You know, what can I do better? And Well, right. Right. And I think that that was what I was doing. And, and my producer had come up to me and he was just like, just listen to me. Like, you don't need to listen to them. Um, 
And now I will say though, Hollywood Life. So when I started, we had a million subscribers. Now we have over 3 million. And we thank you. And all of our followers, honestly, are so nice. Like I don't, uh, my producer will tell me if like we ever have mean comments or like anything bad just because he'll want me to be aware of it um, in case something comes to my social media or something like that. And they are just so nice and so supportive and they like love our team. And um, so I'm really grateful that we've kind of cultivated a really positive fan base over the years. Mm, That's amazing. Speaking of following, um, you have your own following as well on Instagram and, Uh, and all the socials. What's your opinion on when it comes to growing those channels, especially Instagram? Become friends with Logan Paul. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's what Mike said to Honestly, On my interview, honestly, I think he said that Logan Paul literally bleeds followers onto his friends. It is so, I mean, honest, I, I have to tell you, and, and I do, I try to help my friends with their social media. I have a friend who um, is a fitness trainer and I have been helping her and she's like, why is it so slow going for me? I'm like, you need your, your you need the one famous person and that's what you, you just need your one. Um, and it's truly, so when I went on Impulsive last April, I had maybe, um, 9,000 followers on Instagram a year ago. And I went on Impulsive. They posted the episode. And I was alone in my hotel room. And it just went up by the minute in thousands. And so by the next day, I went from like 9K to maybe like 14K. And I was like, I don't even know what to do with – who are these people? Why are they following me? And so honestly, like that Logan really, and I, and I thank him often. I'm like, I'll random text him and just be like, thank you for giving me this platform (laughs) because he, he was the one who reached out to me, he and Mike. Um, and so honestly, when it comes to growing your social, okay, so that's part of it. That that's just how I got the platform. Like someone gave me a voice, Mm -hmm. I will say. Um, but with that, now I've grown to, you know, 15,000 on my own, uh, 15,000 more. So now I'm at 31K or something. Yeah. And um, through that, I just am – my advice is to be super authentic with who you are. I mean, I still post pictures with my family. I post pictures with my dog. I post pictures with my friends. Um, I show my workouts. I show my, like – I don't have a six pack. (laughs) Like I don't get my lips done. Like I don't, you know, I, I'm very much a normal chick and I try to put that out there and I've tried, my parents are, you know, very sure to keep me that way. If I like post anything weird on there or if I say the F word, I get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> like I can't even <laughs> say it now because I That's said it, weird. I said it in my impulsive interview. My dad called me after and he was like, you said fuck three times. And I was like, ah. <laughs> That's I, hilarious. Was, literally that was, I was like, did you like it? How'd I do? And he was like, you said fuck three times. That's hilarious. And I was well, you like, have a good foundation though. They'll just like slap yeah. any Hollywood weirdness out. Oh Sounds yeah. Like your parents will keep you grounded. For yeah. life. If I ever, oh, they keep me like below ground. <laughs> <laughs> like if I ever, if I ever step out of line, they are like, um, we wiped your ass. Like, no, like I will be like, oh, I, I talked to Leonardo DiCaprio and they'd be like, cool. Set the table. 
(laughs) you know like I really don't get away with much I'm not sure if you watch comedy or anything like that but the comedian Fluffy have you heard of him Enrique Iglesias, Enrique, right? he's like one of the biggest. He has Netflix specials and stuff like that. Okay. And people will ask him all the time, "How you seem like a normal dude? How do you stay good?" And he's like, "Honestly, it's my family." Yeah, I like tell my wife I was on TV, and she's like, "Cool, take out the trash." <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, cool. I mean, like, do your thing. My like, friends, <gasps> my friends are completely the same too. Like, I, you know, I'm like, ooh, like. I'm a, like, I'll joke around and be like, I'm an influencer. Like, take my picture. And they'll be like, no, because you said that. Like, <laughs> I, you know, like, I mean, like, it is, you need to simmer down. <laughs> yeah. They're like, okay, no. And you're not that cool. And like, I was going to say, and I your, love it. Your, your hometown friends, especially, can keep you grounded too if you have any close ones from yes. there. Those are the yes. ones you need to keep close to you, though. Yeah. You know, exactly. they love you for you. They don't love you for any of the glitz and glam or nothing like that. They'll yeah. keep you grounded. I think that's awesome. And then also, a question is she verified on Instagram? Yeah, you are. You're verified. Yeah. How did you get verified on Instagram? Um, When did I get How and so like, I when did I get verified? Before. It's so hard to remember. I'm not sure. Before I'm the good sure life. Was, <laughs> I'm not sure if it was before Logan or after, but I it definitely, I did not have that many followers when I got verified. I think it, cause, cause I could get it through, not, I could get it through work, but like you just kind of, I applied through Instagram and, um, yeah. Then maybe well, like especially when you're in the media Monday like you are and you're all on different platforms and stuff. Yeah. I feel like that's another reason they prioritize that. I think that's huge. Yeah. yeah. And I also was having there were like a few fake Instagram accounts. And so that's what happens too when people make accounts of you. You like um, fan accounts or they were pretending to be you? Both. Wow. That's cool. I had, a, I had two of those. <laughs> yeah. And so they like to make sure they know when people know it's the real you. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so we're getting kind of close to closing out. I wanted to ask, so have you had any funny or awkward stories throughout your whole process of like hosting and writing or anything like that? You said some of the controversies, but any like just uh, mess anything ups or blunders or anything funny. like that? Hmm. Um, well, I will say my brother walking through this shirtless was quite a, quite a blunder. Um, <laughs> he also. He did it the other day with Mario Lopez and Mario was like, Mario's like, why do you have boys walking around naked in your house? And I was like, Mario, I'll ask the questions here. Um, (laughs) That's a good response right there. Thank you. Thank you. He was like, well, I just like his style. I was like, Mario, relax. Um, No. So I, I mean, quarantine has definitely been funny especially because I've been filming at home. You know, my dad will be on like a phone call or he'll he'll be like, my mom will try to correct me. I said shook during a video and my mom was like, it's shaken. And I was like, shook is a term. Oh, and, you know, she just like things like that. Um, yeah. But I, let's see, in interviews, I mean, one, I, I was interviewing Honey Boo Boo and she wouldn't pick her head up off the table. She just sat like this the whole time. And I was like, what? And this is why. And it was on video. People named Honey Boo Boo. No, it was it was a podcast, so she wouldn't put her. I was like, (sighs) yeah, that was a bad one. Star diva mentality, right there. Oh, it was a total total diva moment. On at the VMAs, James Charles. I tweeted at him because I um and and I know him and I I love him. I had met him a few times before, and I 
tweeted at him. The carpet was crazy. And my eyelash extension was falling off, like my strip. And Kim knows what I'm talking about. And um, my strip was falling off. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I I don't know how to fix it myself. (laughs) And so I was like, I need James. And so I tweeted at him. And he came and found me on the carpet and fixed my eyelash, which is so nice. That That was like a cool yeah, it was a really cool moment. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, yeah, nothing really crazy has happened to me on carpets before, I don't think. I'm typically – so kind of how I was saying before that I want to tell people's stories. I'm one of those reporters that is very much like – I want them to be comfortable with me. I want them to feel like they could be friends with me. I want them – to be able to feel like they can tell me my tell me their story and I can accurately send it to the masses. Um, and so I'm not one of those, you know, I've been next to reporters that celebrities have come up to them and they've been like, you've ruined my life. Like I have seen those things happen and I wow. never want to be that. Um, and so wow. it's really important to me to kind of keep that, um, to keep really strong relationships with um the talent. Cause I think that, um, that's, you know, that's kind of a big part of my job too. Yeah. That's kind of the bread and butter of it too. Yeah. That's awesome though. I mean, I can totally see that too. Cause even after we've known each other for what, like 10 minutes now, I'm like, yeah, I could be your friend. She's cool. hundred percent. I could be your friend cool. too. <laughs> but that's I think, me. I'm literally like, it's amazing. I want to be everyone's friend. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's such a, an amazing quality for a news reporter. Cause like you, I feel like we've seen some people too, where they're just not like that at all. I feel like you get the best interview though, when you're just really trying to be personable. Right, right. When you do interviewing styles, did you practice? Like, is there even a way to practice or do you just have to go for it and interview people? I would say you would research other interviewers and their styles, right? Or what's your method? Um, Actually, for me, it kind of just like happened. Like I, you know, obviously growing up watching Ryan, watching G, um, and I really do think Ryan is one of the he has that about him where people just, I feel like immediately open up to him. Um, And so I've always kind of tried to do that and and also to not fill the silence, which I think Ryan does well. He lets them talk and doesn't, um, you know, praise them. He doesn't, you know, jump in. He lets them kind of tell their story. And so I've definitely always, always followed that. And I, I love that. I also think Robin Roberts is amazing. I think um, Michael Strahan is incredible. Um, and, and he's really impressed me over the last few years too, Coming because I don't typically think that sports people can then become journalists, but he has done a good job, you know, as someone with a journalism degree. Um, yeah. But I, for me, and I always say this to my friends, I'm like, if I prepared for carpets, I think I would be even better at my job. I think I would be really good at my job um, because I just go and I wing it and I, and I just let myself kind of go. And and when I do prepare, I feel like I'm super scripted and uptight and and I don't really want a paper to look at. I just want to be able to be like, Hey, what's up? How are you? Like, Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about this and tell me a little bit about this and, and just be natural in myself instead of feeling like I have to refer to something. Um, But I will say what I always keep in mind is something my dad taught me because I struggled um, with being an entertainment reporter and and a gossip reporter in the beginning and having kind of the stigma surrounding it. And I was like, why won't people 
talk to me? Why won't they tell me? Why won't they open up to me? And my dad was like, tell them what, you know, let them tell you their story and, and say to them, is there anything that you want me to put out there for you? How do you want me to tell your story? And so kind of opening it up in that way tells them and, and has, I've seen so much success in that because they're like, wow, you're not doing this for you. You're not doing this like for my benefit. I'm doing it for their benefit. And so that was just really great advice that he gave me maybe two or three years ago that I've taken and I've used really on any interview and, and it's been really successful. So give me an example of that. Do you actually ask them, hey, is there anything you specifically want to talk about or how do you yeah. do that? Yeah. Um, after I'll, I'll ask my questions, um, I'll say at the end, you know, is there anything I didn't touch on? Is there anything that you want to talk about that you want to put out there that's important to you? Because um, I'm just a vessel. I'm here to tell your story. And I've actually had some of my best conversations. I mean, some sometimes they'll start crying. I mean, I, you know, I talked to Monique Coleman from High School Musical and she was like, you know what? I had a sh really shitty day today. Like she, you know, and just opened up a floodgate. She was like, and if I have been like this and I have been like that, and you know, and sometimes you have to have a shitty day. And, and you know, I, I had gotten just really, some really great interviews and people also just who had never been asked that before. And so they kind of sit yeah. back. You always notice they, they're like, huh, <laughs> you know, like, they relax, know. they relax. Cause they're like, wait, you're right. This is about me. And this is about, and, and wow, that's a big heavy weight to say, what, what do I want to talk about? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Cause I Instead feel of like a lot of, think I want to hear a lot of reporters go into it with an agenda. So it's kind of you removing mm -hmm. that a bit. Yeah. And, and, and the, I think the talent says what they think we want to hear and the quotes that we want to pull and they're super calculated and, and nervous. Um, and so I, I, I want to break that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I love that. Damn. So switching gears, one question I love to ask, what has been one of your biggest struggles throughout your career thus far? Mm. My biggest struggles. Um, hmm. I think... I know this is such a scene right here with you with the Beyonce uh, win. You look very epic. Your hair is blowing. Uh, thanks. Oh, it's like such a mess. No, no, no. Um, I I'm trying to think of like my biggest struggle because I I truly I feel so lucky and so I know that sounds so cliche. Um, and I really love my job. Like I, which is so wild because people hate their jobs, and I love my job and I love what I do. Um, I think I my one of my biggest struggles has been wanting to be taken seriously as an outlet. Um, Hollywood Life is part of Penske Media, and we um, come from a really great lineup of sister sites. Um, Women's Wear Daily, Variety, uh, She Media, Stylecaster, we, Rolling Stone now. We have a really great lineup of other uh, outlets. And Hollywood Life was one of the first digital destinations in entertainment news. And I just don't think that it gets the um, credit that other, you know, it, people will go to E. They will go to Entertainment Tonight. They'll go to Access for their news. And I, I think that maybe one of my biggest struggles is for as many exclusive interviews as I get and as many big interviews and as big carpets and things that I get that I 
that maybe were not viewed the same as those other outlets. Mm. And so I've just really worked, I've tried to work really hard the past four years to kind of change that perception. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that? Is that something that just you personally feel or do you notice that a lot of other people feel that as well? Um, it comes down to the politics of, of it all, you know, um, when you go on a red carpet and, you know, these are kind of like insidery things I don't know are interested in, but when you go on a red carpet and, and the lineup, the publicists, you know, line up a, um, list of the names of the outlets in a row and, you know, up top, it'll be E and access Mm -hmm. and NBC and all of the big shows and, despite us having 3 million subscribers and honestly sometimes ooh, getting more eyes than um, some of the cable news channels. Seriously. We'll yeah. Towards the bottom. Um, yeah. We'll be towards the end of the carpet where we won't get to talk to as many people and as many celebrities. And, and, and luckily I've created relationships with people that they know to just bring them to me anyway. But um, it's definitely frustrating. It's definitely um, something that I've had to, you know, overcome it and not get as frustrated. I think that feeling that you feel too, because I see kind of a parallel with that in the influencers that aren't maybe taken as seriously as well, which I think is interesting because you guys do cover a lot of, because they get so many views and you guys get so many views. Mm -hmm. Wondering why aren't people taking it seriously? I think it's just, it's only a matter of time because eventually we're going to grow to the age where uh, we're going to be the ones calling the shots and things like that. And I mm-hmm. think it's just going to start changing a lot more. I think it's just a little premature. Mm-hmm. But you guys are in such yeah. a sweet, the right spot, you know? I yeah. think because I, I mean, I'm obviously, if you can tell, like 100% like team social media is like, <laughs> I Dang, my yes. whole business is pretty much social media. And like, people wouldn't take me seriously at first. People don't take it seriously right. at first, even though you see mm-hmm. like they get so many views. I was going to say you could relate to this with the art world with galleries versus social and stuff Oh, like that's that. a whole other tangent because I'm in like, I do paintings and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they're and beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. But it's just, it's insane. I've had so many professors being like, you're not going to sell on social media. Like, don't pay attention to that. You have to do it a certain type of way. And I just think things are getting changed, especially with the coronavirus, people are starting to realize. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where people are buying. I mean, mm-hmm. people, that's, that is why companies are shelling money into advertising on Instagram and advertising with influencers because yeah. that's where people are buying products now. Yeah, absolutely. percent and super targeted. So I say it's only a matter of time. Like, Thanks. You guys are the real deal. So it's <laughs> just Thank a matter of time. You. <laughs> uh, Allie, any advice yes. that you give to anyone that has aspirations to be a host or reporter similar to you? Yes. Um, okay. So I kind of said it earlier. I'm going to steal some advice that was given to me um, by Juliana Rancic, who started to mentor me um, early in my career. Capital. And she... And well, when, when I, I had interviewed her, I met her when she came to Hollywood life and I, we were wearing the same sweater and I totally freaked out and was like, ah, and like word vomited about like her <laughs> whole, I like repeated her whole life story to her. It was really not what I had planned to do. But, um, she said to me when she was leaving, she was like, say yes to everything. Um, and so for, I did that for about two years until I was completely wiped out. 
And I was like, I cannot say yes to one more thing. And so I'm going to say, this is my advice, say yes to everything, but also prioritize yourself at the same time. So, or say yes to, you know, no, I'm going to say, say yes to everything that serves you. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to say. Because I was saying yes to things that had literally nothing to do with me or my career or anything that I mm-hmm. really was interested in, but I was just saying yes to them because I was like, oh, it could it could lead to something. It could lead to something. Um, and so, you know, don't definitely maintain that work-life balance because I really think it's important for your mental health, for your physical health. Um, and I have kind of started to practice that in the last year um, where I've really let myself – be a personality without like my parent. my parents would be like, did you call yourself a personality? Um, but they, um, but that's kind of my, my advice I would say. Yeah. Love it. Love that. Is yeah. there anything you wanted to touch on taking advice from you right now? And oh, hello, Mac. You wanted to out, share. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, anything I want to share. Um, I'm not going to be – well, not that I know of going to be the next impulsive co-host. People keep asking me if I'm going to be. Because <laughs> Spencer um, left, right? Or Right, because Spencer left and, and people keep asking because they had said first that maybe they want a woman and Mike was like, I want Allie. And then I opened up a can of worms. Um, I vote would, for that. But- <laughs> I'm a fan of that. I, I didn't even think of that until you brought it up. Good Lord. I'd be so down with that. Guys, I would have to come live with you then for for one What's day a week. Good. Hey, we can get happen. <laughs> Girl, I, and there's told, wine involved. Oh, there will be. There is Kim, there is always wine involved when it is me. Um <laughs> and um let's see what else. Yeah, but I I live in New York City and I am such a city girl that like I told them they'd have to fly me out once a week for them. <laughs> so, so they probably won't do that. Pull a Ryan Seacrest uh, move with that. Flying back and forth. That's true. He flies all the time. I know. So. Well, I literally said, this is funny. Oh, well, okay. So if, I don't know if we said this when we were recording. Did it about Ryan and I? My like whole thing when I was younger. I, I, I don't think I, I, I touched said on it. how you looked up to him at, from yeah. a young age, but I don't know if I said but how you were emailing him as a young. How I stopped him. Yeah. So I used to email Ryan Seacrest and through, and it wasn't even like an email. It was like the radio show, like info. <laughs> like it was like submitted online. It was so, like some so, intern like just checks out these emails. Like it's like, what a loser, right? And so I was in like fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, and I would email. I mean, for years, and email Ryan Seacrest and be like, "I want your job. Like I'm gonna take your job one day. I'm gonna be you." Like creepy. That would be creepy. No, it's not. It's really cute and endearing. It's manifestation. Um, it's cute. It. Right. Exactly. And I and I was hopeful maybe one day I could meet him and tell him the story. So maybe you know maybe that'll happen. I feel but- like you will be able to. You told <laughs> Max works. Like yeah. on his team, oh, you know that, right? It, it's happening. Discussion. Yes. We'll see if we can make it happen. It's, yeah, we it's we put it into the universe for a reason. This is all on purpose. Um, mm-hmm. but I flew back and forth to LA for two weeks this past summer. Um, to do some work with Logan and the um, Maverick guys, and I literally texted my mom and I said, "I don't know how Ryan does it." <laughs> Like that, and truly, that was my words. Like he's my friend. I was like, I do not know how Ryan does it. Granted, I'm in the back of the plane, in literally <laughs> yeah. the last row. Okay, do seat. it in a private jet. I'm sure it'll be better. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, sure I would 
I'm sure I would be able to do it. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, like sure it'd he, be he, all right. He worked through a level where he was in in like right. maybe business class doing that constantly or something like that though. I mean, I'm sure he he had to work through that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone had to hustle, I feel. You do. You you got to be in the back of the plane sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) So we'll put it out into the universe. I'd be a fan of seeing Allie on Impulsive as a Mm co-host. Let's go. Uh, I'd be a fan of you telling Ryan Seacrest all that you want to tell him. (laughs) And Allie, what should they follow you at, by the way? Yes, um, everyone can follow me on, I think it's all the same, Twitter, Instagram, um, at Ali Stagnita. It's a difficult name. It's A-L-I-S-T-A-G-N-I-T-T-A. And um, Hollywood Life on YouTube and on Instagram, HollywoodLife.com for all of you know the stories. Um, and yeah, you can find us there. We're always doing fun things. Amazing. That was another episode of Chats with Max. Ali, thank you so much for coming on. Kim, did you have any closing words? I always like to put her on the spot. He does, and sometimes I have nothing to say. Girl, come to LA. We'll have wine. Like <laughs> that's, that's all I got. That's all I got. Hit up the podcast on YouTube. Subscribe and have a great day. We'll see you. <laughs>